Welcome to the Salty Investors episode number 21. And how are you this week, Tim? Yeah, pretty good yourself. Oh, you know. <laughs> Not no, you bad, eh? No. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. The long pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I think things, are, things aren't too bad this week. I think I'm, uh, yeah, it's, I'm probably slightly above average, you know. Oh, yeah. Fair yeah, to yeah. middling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's get to the salt, shall we? Uh, yeah, what's yeah. The salt what's, this week, Tim? You go. Or you want me to go? Oh, or... You want me to go first? Oh, yeah, yeah I'll go yeah. first. Oh. Um, Jim Chalmers, uh, as you know, the Labor government, um, as most left of centre governments want to do, they just can't help themselves interfering with more and more of um, people's uh, private property and all kinds of things. And so they're having a review of superannuation. Now, there's a whole argument about tax concessions going to the rich. Fair enough. It's not really what I'm interested in. I was interested in this line that um, Chalmers was giving a speech and he was going to um, stress the need for super funds to keep up with changing investment priorities such as climate the care economy and technology. Now, I just do not like politicians telling private investment companies where they should be putting their investments. And, and I'm not suggesting that he's going to mandate anything. I just don't like the suggestion that the government is trying to pick sectors, the winners and losers. They're already doing that with our money, taxpayers' money, <laughs> leave our superannuation out of it. Full stop. Yep. Yeah, well, the same old, same old, isn't it? I don't know what the care economy is. What's that? That's like oh, maybe the healthcare sector. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, the need. I'm sure because you know they they hate privatization. They don't like the fact that healthcare companies run you know aged care facilities and uh, whatnot okay. and pay people what they consider terrible wages and all this sort of stuff. They they have it in for them. Okay. It is one of those bugbears. Um, you would have said we have a real, I think we have a real sort of heavy handed government tailwind behind us at the moment. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know if you saw um, the New South Wales government is thinking about privatizing water. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a story. I don't know if that's. You know, the Liberal Party and, oh, it's a big scandal. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, God, no. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, because government government runs things so well. But, you know, I guess there's an argument about water different to, say, doing bridges or something. So, but anyway, yeah, it seems to be a real, at the moment, there's a, there's a strong community idea or mm -hmm. in this country there seems to be strong support uh for the government getting its hands on all kinds of things that it probably shouldn't but we need to learn that lesson all uh, over and over and over again yeah, everyone everyone used to complain about anyway Tel telstra and or telecom how bad the prices were and the service was terrible they're just yeah. like oh we privatize it and yeah we don't hear about that anymore you can just change providers mm -hmm. If you don't like well, it. but but then what we did was we created another massive yeah. government boondoggle in the MBN, didn't we? <laughs> Which you know was ridiculously high costs and inefficiencies, and we know all about that. Um, so yeah. yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I mean, who who would say was this was the Commonwealth Bank's privatization a failure? Oh, I, would, I don't think Commonwealth Bank shareholders would think so. I see it on Twitter. People say we used to own that. So it's like, yeah, because yeah, they're talking about the profits now. So what about the bad years? Did you want to own that as mm. well? 
point. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. Well, see, Sal- Sally McManus is running around saying that um, uh, the reason prices are so high is because of gouging, basically, by mm. companies. It's not really anything to do with inflation, or that most of it's yeah. know, companies at behaving badly. And the Australia Institute, which is you know staffed by former greenies, um, is running around saying the same thing. Um, I don't know how they determine what portion is yeah it comes from where but yeah anyway that's yeah. that's probably enough of that tangent yeah uh, oh, do you have anything else to say on that oh just you know coles and woolies are now on the firing line they've been added to the list so oh, right. they're yeah. making too much money as well not just the banks so yeah i don't know well, that's, another back. thing people need to consider is if if say Woolies profits are up ten percent, remember that they don't report those adjusted for inflation. You know, so they're really just keeping up with inflation there. If it, I don't know what Woolies pro, uh, profits were up, they they were out yesterday with results, but I didn't see it anyway. Mm. But I mean, yeah. Anyway, uh, what's your soul for this week, Tim? Oh, just the normal rant, but you know, there's long duration assets, people who invested in real estate stocks and everything. And now the, the realist, you know, the interest rates are going up a little bit more and people are just mm. losing their mind. It just feels like they're entitled. They feel like they're entitled to get a return here with a backstop. Yeah. You know, they just feel like they're not aff- offering real value to people. It's only when they've got this backstop with low interest rates that they can offer real value to people. Yeah. It just seems a bit hypocritical and a bit entitled to me that, this is continuing and it just seems to be getting worse and worse. <laughs> I read about it. Um, yeah, and I just went and had a quick look at historical returns before we had all the central banking and everything. You know, what'd be a, mm. and it was above 10%. That's the, you know, cost of capital was yeah. well over 10%. You know, we haven't hit a five number here and, they, you know, people are losing their minds. So yeah. mm. I just think people's expectations need to be reset here a little bit. Mm. Nothing new. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's they're you know, look, the good times were good. Mm-hmm. You know, they they they've you know, oh, what happened to the last ten years when interest rates were really that was good times. Yeah, but that I mean, I think people have to reframe that and say that was the aberration, yes. and of course you pay for that on the downside. And I still mm-hmm. don't think we haven't fully paid for that yet, but what we will. Yep. Um, I mean, high high returns are just future returns pulled forward, and you have to pay it back sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's get off the salt. Um, I thought this was an interesting. One I, I sent this to you earlier in the week. I think um, mm-hmm. you know Jim Bianco, who I, I really like. He's he's a very in, informative commentator. He's been around for a while. Um, yeah. So he's basically said, look, um, today's Fed's funds rate. Is they're pricing in over five percent. Now we've been saying on this <laughs> podcast since day one, the market keeps under. Mm-hmm. Uh, they the they're just not. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're just not believing the Fed. They've, they've continually tried to price in the pivot, the pivot, the pivot, the pivot, and it's finally almost like they've given up. And I included the that first comment there, not because I want to um, have a go at that guy, but I just think that his comments sort of representative of where the market has been. Why do you think the market is overshot? And Bianco says, maybe it hasn't. That's the point. It hasn't overshot. It's actually just caught up with reality, which is the way I sort of see it. I thought that was 
Yeah, interesting that uh, maybe they're like, yeah, you know what? The Fed is going to just keep going <laughs> until, you know, th and they're going to keep going up until the inflation rate meets it. And they're not, and they're getting, they may pause, but they're not going to reverse until they see the inflation rate keep going down because they know the experience of the 1970s when they, when was it Arthur Burns yep. twice, three times? They stopped, reversed, inflation took off again. They know that experience. They well, Volker fell for it too. Volker fell for it once, yeah. <laughs> yes, so yeah. he's not, you know, everyone talks about him being the wonder child, but no, no, yeah. even he, you know, the hard nosed yeah. guy, so, but no. So, yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All righty. Um, yeah, so typically when the forward uh, estimates are, you know, rolling over the feds cutting not so in this case yeah mm. so the feds raising into eps uh, uh cuts yeah. which is not normally um you can see there what if you if you go back to 2008 nine mm -hmm. i mean you can see fed funds is i mean eps was coming down <clears throat> i guess it was already coming down um yeah. forward eps um, remember that's a that's a growth rate it's not a it's not a um, like the, the the it's not the nominal number coming down mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean it's i still think uh, i think um do you remember last year when we were looking at 2023 estimates and i think at the that that time the market was around 230 a share for the S&P mm -hmm. yep. the consensus is now down to about 215 yep that's what um, this yeah. is yeah, is that what you, yeah, I yeah. think that's right. Mm -hmm. um, Morgan Stanley at the time, and we pointed this out, we're at 195 or 200. Yeah. Um, and and there, so <clears throat> this is their, I mean, that's that's a pretty tight correlation, that isn't it? Um, so wow. again, you have mm -hmm. to believe on some level that this time is different. I don't present these charts to say, look. You know, it's going to happen. <laughs> the S&P's got a crash. I'm just saying, look, it, something has to be different this time for this not to work out. And, of course, it could be. Um, we could speculate about what those things are. But, yeah, it just, again, the market's catching up. As I've said to you before, I mean, this is an empirical claim um, borne out by data that at turning points, the market is always slow. And that's on the yes. downside and the upside they're, they're late in raising their estimates they're late in lowering them um and so i think morgan stanley i can't remember um i think they might be at 195 but they might well that maybe they've gone lower i think they may have said wow <laughs> uh, it could easily get to 180 i think on wow. the s p um so you know a 20 a 20 on a 180 is 3600 um you know and I mean, take your take your multiple. What is it, sixteen? Mm -hmm. You know, take it yeah. down. <laughs> you know, you're back down to the low threes again. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and now so the it's that previous chart. This is the biggest sort of spread between the bottom up consensus twelve month growth and um, that leading indicator that we saw before uh, mm -hmm. and you saw you can see those this is sort of inverted but you see at the prior times it was down here you know you had the quite big 
correction of the early 2000s and, and the financial crisis. So, yeah. yeah, question marks there. Again, not not saying that this, but you've, you know, you have to pay some, uh, you have to pay some credence to historical uh, measures. And you have to, I think if you're going to say that's not going to happen, you have to have some kind of um, counter narrative mm-hmm. uh, why it won't. And the I mean, mark- I may, yeah, Marcus looking ahead. through. The market's looking yeah. through. It's seeing through yeah. this and saying, you know, it's not going to last long. It's only going to be a soft landing, I suppose. That's what they're yeah. pumping at the moment. But... Yeah, there's that one. And there's the the resilient consumer just won't die. You know, um, they've yep. spent, they may have spent all their savings, but they're just sticking it all on the credit card now. So, <laughs> you know, it keeps going. Um, and wages are good. So they can do that. Wages are good. Yep. Yep. Um, this is just, this is from a different, this is not Morgan Stanley's, it's somebody else's, um, the revision sentiment, um, oh. number of positive revisions to negative revisions, um, uh, divided by total revisions. So you see that, you know, that's, you know, pretty low and then mm. you can see that the parallels are 2008. 2008, yep. 9, 2020, when we had a bit of a minor panic. Um, I don't know if that latest upturn is a is the end of it, but who knows? We it doesn't. I mean, if we've come down from consensus from last year from 2:30 to 2:15, that doesn't. That's not much, no. is it? I mean, it's about six percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you should be buying on this, like you know, when you look at it, you, you know. Yeah. Like, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I, I have to remember why I put these in there because <laughs> I put them a few days ago. Uh, what is this? This is, um, oh, yeah. So the five year moving average of um, earnings surprises. So obviously it's the upside. Lower. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's upside surprises, I'm guessing. Or... Positive surprise, yeah. Yes. So, um, mm-hmm. where you're, you know, you're down, you're down pretty low. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean that only goes back to 2018. That's probably the worst part of that chart. <clears throat> but um, mm-hmm. yeah, you can see where the average is about. Uh, uh, yeah, but is oh, it's it's yeah. yeah, what call it eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, just earnings are. I mean. The thing is, if you look at how many companies are beating earnings, the majority are, but you, you know mm-hmm. the game. I think the average is 70 to 80, 75 to 80% usually beat, and it's down around high 60s or something. So, yeah, just a little bit disappointing there. I'm not sure how far. It, it'll be interesting. I mean, if if you could tell me that earnings will be 215 for this year, it's like, well, yeah. I mean, there's no reason not to buy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so, but whether they'll stay there or not, what do you reckon? Well, that's not looking too good. <laughs> like, cause you know, they're conservative, you know, when they yeah. do their earnings and you're thinking, okay, well, you're under that a fair bit of a chunk there. Like you're under the conservative estimate. And mm. I don't think they're, you know, cutting enough, you know, their earnings estimate going forward. I think they're pretty optimistic. A lot of the people I'm seeing like, so yep. I don't know. And then that's the thing that surprises people. You know, that's what causes markets to turn. But you see the VIX, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Like, like, look at this. Yeah. 
That's way yeah. under, and the VIX is holding pretty low in the low, you know, mid-teens. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you've had some declines again this week, but um, they're just very sort of, yeah. I think maybe there was a, what, one and a half down, one and a half percent down day, but didn't move the VIX very much, did it? <laughs> and, um, yeah. Uh, just taking back some of the gains, you know. It's been a, yeah. a super January, you know, and obviously February can't, continue on that that's insane you know yeah. you can't so there's got to be something to come back there a little bit and yeah i don't think it's we got all the earnings reports and they all looked you know not too bad like i was very surprised you know and the forward estimates yeah. looked all pretty sweet it doesn't no i have to wait and see yeah. but yeah, as you see those lines are crossing you know like interest rates are going up and <laughs> earnings are going down it's not like they're going to get support here so yeah and that 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 piece I put in last week about margins, it's just um, they can't continue the price increases. And and as we saw last week, they had um, higher sales, but that was usually um, pr mostly price increases with some <laughs> volume decline, only small declines, but uh, that's just not sustainable. You just yes. can't keep uh, increasing your sales by raising prices at some point. That's going to... I see private brands and supermarkets, they're up over 10% in sales. So that yeah. pe shows people moving out of brands into, you know, so that's a, normally yeah. the front end of it a little bit. Um, I see um, luxury cars down 20% or something, you know, your Porsches, Mercedes, all them, all those secondhand cars that are already getting hit. And that's yeah. normally a, a sign on the front end that, you know, excess cash isn't available. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then it'll start hitting things like um, furniture, you mm -hmm. know, like $1,200 dining tables and $1,500 couches and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I just threw this in here. So th these are only, these are three discretionary retailers here in Australia. Um, the thing that I took out of, if the first one's Dusk, which just reported this morning, actually, I think. Um, they, uh, yeah, the cat, the cat, your cat must like dusk, does he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The numbers don't look too bad on dusk. dusk here, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, just, I haven't, I haven't see, got balls enough to buy it. That's all. You know, it's just a bit, <laughs> bit too hairy for hairy for me to get into it. What? Are you, yeah. Um, yeah. So what I've included here, I actually haven't included their results. What I've included okay. is their outlooks because I think, as we said before, the I mean, the, the numbers are interesting. What they did over the last six months, but more to the point, what do they mm. see? Yes. Um, going forward, everybody's expecting a slowdown. Um, so Dusk has had like total sales down 3% for the first seven weeks compared to last year. Of course, there's a little bit of a, because if you remember January last year, we were still in COVID lockdown in some areas. Okay. Um, there was still, there was, well, COVID restrictions, we would say in some areas. Um you see there, it, see that online sales number looks pretty bad, but um, that's a common theme across all the retailers, okay. all these retailers. Like um, in the last six months, it's not here for Adairs, but their online sales were down more than 20%, but their in-store sales were up uh, huge, like 60% or something like that, because people came back to stores, yep. less, you don't need to shop online. And that was the same. I, I saw, uh, I think, baby bunting and... Um, yeah, a few other. I, I looked at more than these, but these are just three that I included. Mm -hmm. Another one was um, if you look at that last dot point 
uh, on dusk, it says elevated shipping costs are unwinding. Oh. Uh, if you look at the second last point at Adair's, inbound freight costs are reducing. This was common across yes. them all as well because um, dusk declined to give uh, a forecast for the rest of the year. Adair's did. Oh, wow. But Adair's cut their EBIT because margin. Now, they're not mm -hmm. saying because of a weak consumer, that, but it's because these costs, those freight costs and a couple of other costs, costs of doing business, elevated. They're saying they're coming down, but it's still going to affect um, the second half. I thought they're so, already down, the shipping costs. I suppose they've still got they inventory are. to move. But yeah. Past yeah, inventory, yeah, we're yeah. still priced in, I suppose. But Yeah, exactly. So they would still be holding inventory that they bought when the freight costs were high mm -hmm. and... Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, but that'll come down over time. So I think mm. Dares lost about their gross margin went from sixty one to about fifty eight or something like that, something something in that region. And so their downgrade because they already give guidance at last year's, I think the AGM. Um, their guidance is they're not saying it's because of a weak consumer; they're just saying it's because of margin. That's it. So there's. Mm. That's a, so another thing I took, so I think um, if you look at the the third point down, cost out for Adairs, cost out programs have been initiated across the group to manage the potential impact of a weaker economic environment. So, uh -huh. and, th and again, this was a common comment as well that they, 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 none of them had said they'd seen it show up in their results yet, but they were saying we anticipate it basically. Okay. Uh, the retailers. So they're anticipating a downturn in sales. Um, Nick Scarley, um, of course, his furniture, um, which th they um, group. So they said we'd anticipated a slowdown mm -hmm. and they've already seen January 22, uh, 20 uh, orders were 12% below January, 2022. Wow. So that that's that's a bit of a decline. Uh, Adair's the total group was up um, one point eight percent for the first seven weeks. Uh, you can see the mocker component, which is completely online. That's to be expected, and they are having a they've had a few problems with mocker, which they they think they've uh, addressed. <clears throat> but yeah, so they gave guidance. Nick Scarley didn't give guidance, um, but Nick's that's not unusual for Nick Scarley to not give guidance mm -hmm. um but yeah that i just thought it was interesting that so they they're not really saying you know, nick scarley didn't they said they did anticipate slower and i think it it's not surprising that it shows up in furniture first yes. bigger cost items yep right um so yeah i mean yeah look, we don't do we really need that uh 1500 dollar uh <laughs> dining set Maybe we can hang on to the one we've got for a while. Oh, Gumtree? You heard of Gumtree? Like, you know, like, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, you go on there and there's like a thousand of them on there, you know, like people are just trying to get rid of them out of their places. So, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if you come and if you come and get it, it's free. Yeah, 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 yeah. sort of thing. So, in a downturn, you know, they're the things that are gonna, but you know, as an investor, they're the things you should be looking at bad numbers thinking. You know, when things turn around, you buy low, sell high. I remember that used to be something to do, you know. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's so right now, I mean, if, if you've got a view on, if you don't think the economic, 
economic environment will get mm. so bad that these companies have to cut their dividends. I mean, think about if you if you were to buy one of these stocks now before they go ex-div, right? You're basically going to get three dividends in the next 12 months, yeah, you know, 13 months, call it. Um, and that'll be a yield of about 15%, fully franked. Uh, if you were to buy Adairs, Dusk, Nick Scarly, Best and Less, um, Best and Less is an, I might even bring that as a company next week. Oh, I wow. think it's an interesting story. They only listed not long ago. They came out with a downgrade. Um, the stock went from, it's, it's like most of these, it went from four or five bucks down to a dollar eighty or something. I think it got to a dollar sixty at one point. And so you, you you pick it up now, like I said, you get, you're going to get a yeah. fifteen, you know, three dividends in thirteen months, and it's yeah. yeah and there's but no the thing is yeah. no cut happening. You hold on to it, and you're thinking yeah. a couple of years, you pay for itself, and then you're probably going to get yeah. multiple expansion as well. Like, yeah, it's like, if, it's, if it's a soft landing, yes, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's right. Is it a soft landing? I mean, and and the moment these things, I mean, the moment the RBA reverses course oh. at some point maybe this year or next year these things will take off because they always do it's, it's they're cyclicals so do you have the stomach to hold through for that time do you do you know do you take some more do you get some more while the prices are good while you've got you know fully franked yields on an annual basis of eight nine percent um you know grossed up yeah oh, oh you might have seen intel this cut there Dividend sixty something percent, um, right? And so they're they're getting on the front end of this a little bit, um, which I think is smart. Like I hold Intel, and I thought mm. I was you know pretty tough, but you know <laughs> like that that oh. but that wouldn't that wasn't a surprise to you, was it? No. Because they no. yeah. yeah yeah that was kind of it was sort of obvious, wasn't it? That it was that was coming. Yeah yeah. Well, all the executives first took a cut haircut themselves, and you're mm. like, oh yeah, this is coming for us a lot. You know we. We're not going to sit it in this 5% dividend yield, you know, because, you know, this is what these, you know. And so I think it's quite prudent to do that. You should be cutting the dividend yield. But, yeah, of course you should. Yeah. And you shouldn't be taking on debt and, you know, you're trying to reinvest. So, you know, that's what you want a good company to do. But, yeah, the CEO is a little bit dodgy about it, you know, sort of hiding the fact. Because I think a lot of dividend people are in this stock. And so, you know if they dump it, but yep. none of them have now. So I don't know what's going on. I thought it was going to be a huge dump after no. that, but only went down a couple of percent. So, yeah. Well, maybe it's different. Maybe it's different. You know, in Australia, I think it matters more because you the franking. Yep. Franking credits. People are really addicted to their, it's hard to talk people out of their dividends and say, look, <laughs> you're better off taking that money and investing in a company that's growing because mm -hmm. they'll get better returns over the long run through capital appreciation. You just can't convince people of that once they're addicted to their dividends. Even you can show them mathematically yeah. that it's, yeah. Yeah, Roger but, uh, Montgomery just did a great article on Livewire about it. I sent it to you, so. But he shows yeah. the numbers and everything, but yeah, to try yeah. to explain it to people, it's just, yeah, nearly impossible, but. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, just, I, just, I just included James Hardy because we talked about it before, mm -hmm. um, you know that I like this stock. I think you might think it's not bad as well. Mm -hmm. They downgraded again. Remember, we included it last year when they downgraded. Yes. They downgraded again. I think this was last week or the week before. Um, stock's about $31. It's off its lows. I think it got down to about 26 or 27. Uh, I think it 
it peaked at over 50. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just that that deterioration in the housing market is, um, you know, is ongoing. Um, don't know that there's light at the tunnel, but if you have a look at, as we've said before, if you have a look at the home building stocks in the US, <laughs> you'd think uh, there's absolutely no problem at all. Well, Home Depot yeah. just increased the dividend by 10%. <laughs> <laughs> really? like, holy so, hell. Yeah. Is, is, I mean, Home Depot, is is that more reflective of the sort of um, every man, uh, you know, Jack does it himself kind yeah. of thing? Or is it, yeah. yeah, yeah, more than actual. So they're a little uh, bit more protected because you're going to get DIY guys, you know, just renovating their homes and stuff. And, but still... Yeah. Like it's going to get hurt. Like no one yeah. wants to reinvest into something that doesn't make them a lot of money. You're not going to reinvest in your home when it's losing negative, you know, losing equity. <laughs> like yeah. you don't feel like putting that extra room on when you're losing money. So yeah. 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 All right. So we'll get off James Hardy and we will get to, um, if I can, stock of the week, higher quest. Tell yeah. us about this one, Tim. Um, so every week I'm turning over, you know, 50 rocks trying to find something. And um, <laughs> there was a guy on Twitter, a bit of a shout out to the Lone Wolf. I said, you know, he said, oh, you know, here's all these quality companies. But, you know, the, I'm trying to make things harder for myself now. Well, what's a, a smaller cap type business that will compound into the future? Um, yeah. So I know what quality is. I know what a good price is. I know what low debt, you know, all the good things. But can I pick it a bit earlier? So I'm getting these multiple baggers. And um, yeah. he came through and came up with this stock, um, HighQuest, which is like a franchise type model. So oh. super capital light. Uh, I'm coming across with a few of these high type companies, as you might notice. Um, so yeah, super. But that's capital. a new take on that's a new take on it, isn't it? It's, that these aren't usually franchises. No. So, but you can hiring people directly is a pain in the butt, you know, with all the. Mm-hmm paperwork and bureaucracy and all that. Um, and if you just want to hire people occasionally for a few hours or you don't know, you know, what's your business going forward? You know, can you afford to put someone on the books? You can just hire them yeah. as a contractor type thing. Um, yeah. And these guys have got offices all over the United States and I think it could, you know, grow out of that as well and go international more. Um, but yeah, what does look- it do that makes it because di- there's, there's a shitload of, hiring agencies out there what what is there well, anything that makes them they've got a brand and they've got the systems in place so somebody can start up a hiring agency in a regional type area and you know get some sales and you know got all the processes and everything under the sort of like a domino's franchise type thing yeah so and then they can do advertising as well to bring in business for you and then you're just focusing on running the day-to-day so actually offers a fair bit of Incentive for so, uh, so what are they? Are they like so? Here, get a franchise off us, and we take ten percent of your revenue. That type of thing. That's basically what they're doing. Or? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the cut is, but yeah, it's the same. Yeah, yeah, it's just a normal yeah. franchise. I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are, but yeah, mm. and you can see here, like it, they are diluting a bit, but they, <laughs> it's still yeah. a very young company. Um, and yeah, you just look at some of the the metrics here are just off the charts. You know, it's starting to come back into. Yeah, price to free cash flow a little bit high, but yeah. um, return on capital, you know, you're starting to get those larger numbers now. 
and you know the margins look at that they're just insane you can tell that they're just running an office here the staff are like <laughs> in, you know increasing they're doubled the number of staff yeah. but yeah it's just these some of these things i'm trying to find a little bit earlier um what did like, they do 2019 did they make an acquisition or something because their shares went up by about yeah. four mil and um the number of employees jumped by or doubled didn't it basically yeah um yeah so yeah. i'm not yeah, acquisition strategy and everything like that i'm not totally in it i've only learned it the last couple of days but just looking at the numbers you know i'm just trying to find something that here that i could do a deep dive into and it's one of these ones as well if we do hit a bit of a hard landing this is going to look terrible like people mm. are going to just throw this out because it's going to go oh look who's going to be interested in hiring people no one so you're going to get this yeah. um return on investor capital go back to the single digits so that's going to flow back to yeah to a five or something and you know price to free cash flow is going to go insane you know you're going to be up to a 50 or something but they're the times yeah. you should be buying it you know you should be buying it then and then as the economy grows out of it, you, you just hold on for it for a year or two. It's got a dividend, you know, low payout ratio. Um, yep. If you go to the next slide, I can show you the debt. And... Total debt. Yeah. 3.42 million net debt, 1.98. And look, you're getting 13, you know, $13 million in free cash flow here. Like you've got no debt. So I mean, yeah, I mean, you, yeah. 46 million in equity compared to net debt of two it's not much it's not really much in the way of gearing is it yeah uh, and yeah see a little but this is what i like you know this i want to have a an inflection point here where it looks terrible but you know it's going to survive you know some of these ones yeah. that discretionary ones that you look at you know it's like this is what you've got to look at you got to buy when it's going to look a little bit terrible and everyone's going to run away from it but you know you've, yeah you, know, you can hold it through you're going to come out really strong on the other side. So, yeah, I mean, these the discretionary ones do bother me with the amount of debt they hold. You know, like they've got, you know, close to if you take out lease liabilities, they're usually around one for one debt to equity. Um, yep. if you include the lease liabilities, it's worse. But something like, um, step one clothing, uh, it's got no debt and 32 million of cash, and I think the market cap's about 55 million. Um, full disclosure, I bought some just before the result. Um, yeah, so there, there are some debt-free um, retailers out there. But, yeah, I mean, this looks pretty comfortable, doesn't it, if there's a if there's a downturn? Yeah, well, I was looking at bigger trees this morning, you know, because I like the business, you know, like the yep. <laughs> staples, you know, pretty easy to understand. Yep. Is it going to be around in 10 years? And then you look at the debt and you're like, holy hell, who's running this show? Like, <laughs> like what are you investing in here? You know, it's just but they've just got piles and piles of debt and the payout ratio is like 130% or something, you know? Right. So they've got no yeah, chance. Yeah, that's not to sustainable. Yeah, yeah, and they've got no chance to pay down the debt or, you know, reinvest into something else. They just pile it on and in a higher interest rate environment. It's like that Domino's one we looked at last week. You have mm. to be nuts to get into that if you think interest rates are going to hold up here. Like, it's all going to get yeah. re-rated at yeah. a high number. So, yep, just want to thank the Lone Wolf for that one and, yeah. Up. So there's a, he's worth a follow on Twitter. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Is that we, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So follow him. Shout on, yeah. So I'm following him on Twitter. Yeah. So I don't. Hopefully, he can give me a couple of more of these ones. The low market cap, <laughs> lower market cap. Um, these great metrics. So yep. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that'll about do us today then. Um, thanks, Tim, for the for the for bringing that stock. And we will see you next time.